0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Hello, everybody. Hi, everyone. So nice to see you. Wow. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. I hope that um, your explorations incorporating Last month path factor, uh, wise livelihood have been helpful for you, right? Live, le, wise living, as we kind of framed it. Yeah? Good. And um, so today we move to wise effort, which is actually really exciting. Do you get excited when we think about effort? Does that bring – I do – I find it's it's such a great practice to work with, really, so I hope by the end of today that you feel some sense of joy or comfort or reassurance around working with the the effort in the practice yeah I really do so I wanted to know also um, from folks how the discussion. Landed for you last time when we talked about the opposite of um, Shame or guilt or you know self-criticism like that experience uh, when we're working in the practice and um, You know just things happen right and we talked about what instead of feeling like contracted and bad what would it be like to feel the opposite of that? Did any of you kind of embrace that or explore that at all? And if you can use your little bluey hands, um, that would be helpful because I can't see everyone. So does anyone want to share anything about that? So I think that you will find your blue hands either under reactions um, or, yeah. And this, this, I'm not seeing it in here. So sometimes it's beside participants and sometimes it's under reactions and sometimes if you have a older setting, it's hard to find it. So, so if you don't have a blue hand, I'll just quickly scroll through right now all the screens. So if anyone had any thoughts, ah, I heard a voice. Great.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say under reactions, it's actually a, um, yellow hand. Oh. Okay. Why, why they changed the color, but that could confuse somebody too, so.
0: Okay. Thank you. You bet. All right. I'll just scroll, scroll real quick and through and just see if I see any hands, physical hands up. Okay. I oh, on i
2: Well, on iPads, it's under more, the three dots and more.
0: Thank you. Beautiful, Nancy. I see your hand. Thank you so much.
3: Um, I thought the opposite would
0: be confidence. Okay. And how how did that how, did you experience that or play with that at all?
3: I just think there's an assuredness um, that. Uh, you're a human being and you may be um, imperfect
4: mm-hmm.
3: and there's a certain confidence that you still retain um, humanity and ability to learn and uh, behave differently in the future if you don't like what the original behavior was. So I think there's a sort of assuredness or
0: confidence Nice. Nice. And is the confidence in, in the path, do you think part of that confidence is in, in the path itself or is it more in yourself for you?
3: I think it's both. Nice. I mean, I think that the path is really an education. Yeah. And it's a, uh, so
0: yeah, both. Great. Thank you so much, Nancy. And Betsy, I see your hand.
5: Hello, everyone. Um, Thank you, Nancy, for getting this going. And I especially responded to Nancy saying that it's both. As uh, we experience, as I've experienced shame or guilt, the contraction, the pain is so inward. Um, It doesn't feel anything but the self-mortification and the preoccupation with self. I remember the Buddha saying, talking about the bliss of blamelessness. Mm. And that's so much about non-self. Yes, beautiful. That place of liberation is right there.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Betsy. Yeah, that's nice. So I hope I hope this encourages you all to keep connecting with this, um, to soften around the contraction that can happen when we don't feel like we're doing good enough, right, in our practice. Yeah. Okay. So, Loretta, I see you have a hand raised. What would you like to share? Thank you.
4: Um, I was going to share that um yeah, just, uh, just in the last couple of days, I've really been more mindful of that opening when I feel a contraction,
0: mm.
4: especially around, uh, strong negative emotions. And, um, and I'm finding that when I, when I don't contract, but kind of relax, into it it really is helping processing the emotion and it seems to allow some compassion to flourish beautiful, beautiful. and that's been very helpful
0: beautiful thank you Loretta. and let's let gail go and and then we'll shift a minute and um so thank you gail please share
6: I'm just gonna add in impermanence um in in general when I have a heavy feeling come over me, first of all mindfulness, so I can catch it because sometimes it's really subtle uh and quick or we're quickly descending, shall we say. <laughs> um and and uh so allowing myself to To feel it first of all, and then just remembering um, impermanence—that this feeling is gonna go. It's come and it's gonna go. Um, So then I don't take it so so seriously as being me.
1: Beautiful. And
6: it's like what other people have been saying, but maybe just in different words. Yeah.
0: That's that is that's the beauty of the path. Everyone. Everyone yeah. brings it to life in their own way. And it's, you know, so it's so helpful to have many people sharing. So more people might connect, right, or add. So it's so lovely. Thank you all so much. Yeah. So, um, and I just wanted to, one more little thing before we go into our guided meditations. Well, two things really. One is I just want to sort of briefly remind you about the process of self-compassion. And then I want to um, kind of bring to light the, the other two teachers we have here today. So, um, and then I'll go into the guided meditation. So um, com- compassion practice kind of looks or feels like this for me. It starts with mindfulness, recognizing that there's, you know, suffering. There's something that's hard that's happening, right, for myself or somebody else. And, um, but particularly for myself, the next, um, step, you know, well, first it's like being aware, sort of naming it, right. Sort of feeling it, just sort of recognizing it. The second step for me is to kind of open it up a little bit bigger and sort of say, oh, wow, this is really hard. Let me take a look. What, what have I been doing? What's been going on? What are the conditions that might be contributing? Like I might say to myself, well, Tanya, you're a little tired today. You've been grumpy. You know, you you kind of tried to do your best. And maybe it wasn't quite enough. And so we're just going to acknowledge that, right? Maybe we needed to do more to help ourselves kind of relate or do whatever. And then I'll open it wider and say, and say, You know, yeah, and this is something that happens to everybody. This is, this is the human experience. To normalize it for myself. To not make it so personal. And then, as I open to that, I can also see, yeah, this, this hurts. I could, I could do things to make it better and not hurt as much. And it could be a lot worse too. I've seen other people struggling more. So we just sort of contextualize it, right? And hold it and then just sort of come back to ourselves and maybe put our hand on our heart. Just kind of recommit to the practice, to, you know, being aware and responsive as best we can, mindful as best we can. So that's kind of the the flow I experience when I do self-compassion. And I'll I'll bring this up a little bit in the guided meditation, but I wanted to kind of walk you through it in this way before we started the meditation. So I am going to um, pin. Where are you, Bruni? There we are. I'm going to pin Bruni. You want to say a few words, Bruni?
7: Uh, well... Hi, everyone. Uh, buenas tardes. Um, wow, it's uh, so wonderful to be here again after a while. And um just makes me very happy um, to be back and uh, and share the teachings on the Eightfold Path with you all. And um, I guess that's really it.
0: Thank you, yeah. Brittany. And thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. I'm really grateful. Thank you. Yeah. And then let's see if I can find Ying on the screen. Maybe Ying, you can unmute and talk so I can find you.
8: Yeah, have that now. <laughs> there <Yeah>.
0: we go. <laughs> Thank you for being <laughs> right here. Ying. Yeah. yeah. It's
8: good. It's just good to see you all on this um, beautiful Sunday afternoon here in California. Um the Bay Area here and uh, you beautiful people here together spending the afternoon uh, just makes me happy as well so looking forward to learning more uh, together um, about um, the Noble Eightfold Path and right efforts so.
0: Thank you, Ying. Thank you so much. Alright. Okay, is everybody ready to Do a little meditation together. So just find your body. Find your breath. Find your location. It really helps to actually really orient yourself to where you're located right now. And particularly, um, just look around a little bit, slowly. Just acknowledge if you're in a a safe space for you. And check in to see if you are and acknowledge that for yourself. Just drop it into the mind. It's yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's a safe space here. It's okay to close my eyes. It's okay to be quiet. Right. And then feel your feet on the floor. Grounding yourself, your bottom on the cushion or chair. Maybe take a moment to lift the shoulders up and roll them back to help open up the chest cavity for <clears throat> breath to come in. And now's the time if you need to do something to make yourself more comfortable, adjusting your posture, getting another pillow, now that you've sort of checked in, make sure you you listen and do what your body needs. And when you're still and comfortable enough, just notice if the breath or a sensation or some part of your experience comes into clearer view. And just sort of ride your experience, whether the breath or the sensation or the coolness or sound, just letting whatever is clearest to you, Be clear, be seen, be felt, be heard. All right, now we're going to just do a little tour of our experience together. Start with hearing. Just inviting yourself to tune in to the sound. The sounds in your environment. The sounds of my voice. And just check in and notice if you feel like your ears are trying to reach out to the sound that you're, if you're trying to hear. And just imagine letting hearing happen. Just relaxing and bringing the ears closer to the body if they're extended out. and just receive the sound. Sort of notice it landing in you, on you, with you. Allowing your ears to do what they they know to do. Without interference or effort. let's shift to the next sense, whatever one you choose, whether it's breath, sight, body sensations. You pick what's kind of natural for you to be aware of. Just sort of go through the same process, sort of just first tuning in to that sense, Experience. And when you feel sort of established and taking that sense experience in, just notice if whatever amount of effort might be being used. And if there's any room for letting go of the effort, seeing if you can let the eyes see or the nose and br- breath, body breathe, just the way it breathes, it knows how to do, or the sensations to be known naturally. So just being aware of whatever's happening now. Whatever experience you're having, maybe just acknowledge whether it feels unpleasant, neutral, or pleasant. And, and just notice if there's any sense, sense in your body of leaning toward that, away from that, or sitting right in it, right upright. And whether it's pleasant or unpleasant or neutral, Is it possible to find a space of just being with? And the mind starts thinking at some point, if it does. See if you can notice there, too, what happens when you wake up when mindfulness returns. And you're aware. And then just notice whenever, if ever, this occurs for you. Notice if there's effort to bring your attention back to something else, or if there's a receiving and an allowing, sort of non-efforting allowing, of the awareness that's returned to be experienced. Sometimes I feel very much like when I notice something, it's almost like I can feel my whole body reaching up or tightening, right? In, in a reflection of the mental effort that's happening in my mind. The body sort of can show me if I notice that tension, What's happening in my mind may not even be clear. Letting the eyes relax and soften into the skull. Letting the breath breathe its own breath. Giving the ears permission to do the hearing, the receiving of sound, the receiving of sight, the receiving of breath, the simple knowing of sensations. Experiment with yourself by just dropping in a non-doing invitation to the system. Like, may I be relaxed and just notice what happens. Yeah, i be at ease. If anyone has experienced or is experiencing any sense of suffering around what's happening in our meditation, see what happens if you practice just a little self-compassion. Maybe like this. Suffering, I see you And I care. Sometimes meditation is not so easy. And I care. Other times it's easier, and that's okay. Everybody experiences difficulty and ease. Some more than the other in meditation. This is the practice. This is the experience. And if it feels right to you, you might put your hand on your heart, or just do something else that feels quiet and soothing. And just turn to your awareness of loving kindness awareness to whatever suffering is there, just a soft gaze, holding, surrounding it gently, or opening Holding it in open hands. Thank you for your practice. And Bruni dear,
7: please. Thank you, Tanya. Mm. So this Eightfold Path, wise view, wise intention, Wise livelihood, wise action, wise speech, and today, wise effort. You know, all of the factors uh, support each other in one way. We can go back to some of them when we need them in our lives. And so all the factors that came before Weiss effort um, it's almost like they're also supporting going into this next category or this next group that we have in the Eightfold Path, the group, the third group of factors that um support The cultivation of the mind, the cultivation of the mind with wise view and wise intention, we cultivated wisdom and we cultivate wisdom. We go back to this group even at the end of the the Eightfold Path. We start with it, we end with it, we go back in the middle looking for wisdom when we need it. So we have that wisdom factor, and then we have the sila, the ethics uh, group of factors, um, livelihood and action and speech, which tells us or guide us in how it is that we can relate externally, how we can relate with others and within ourselves, but more you know, how it is that we engage in, in the world through action and speech, and how it is that we can start making a sense of these other uh deep teaching that is within the Eightfold Path of non harming by um getting to know and explore the precepts through wise action. And how it is that we live in the world, how it is that we give and receive, how it is that we consume and produce, all this is within the Eightfold Path. So we are prepared to enter into these first factor of wise effort. And I like to think about this this factor of wise effort or the entire group of wise effort, wise mindfulness and wise concentration as the Vipassana group to. It's almost like the, the other factors before wise effort all entail almost how to engage, how to be mindful the mindfulness aspect, we continue to be mindful and we continue to cultivate mindfulness. But there's another intention that comes in now. When we start considering wise effort and cultivating the mind, what is this of cultivating the mind? And so we can have, you know, different types of efforts in our lives—efforts to get a job, <laughs> to be successful in our livelihoods. You know, even if a livelihood is also could be at home raising kids, or taking care of our elders, or any other uh, family members or friends or um, anything, anything that you engage within livelihood. So in our minds, and I'm gonna bring a bell now here. You know, we are, and this is a transmission of a teaching from other teachers to me. This is our mind. Here, nice meeting you. All our dear minds. And we come into the Eightfold Path with many things in our minds, our good intentions, compassion, um, you know, um, our concerns about aging. Our concerns about what we're gonna eat, these are racings, what we're gonna eat during the day, our health. These are my eye drops, our health, our jobs, our self images and identities, our relationships, anything else you want to add in this here. And so sometimes the mind feels like this, Can you hear it? Can you hear that? It's almost like it's full of stuff. It's full of all these different worry, anxiety, sloth and torpor, doubt. But I'm going to get to, I don't know, somewhere else where I'm going to be living or. Uh, what else? Anxiety. I said anxiety. Oh, aversion. Of course, aversion. And hatred and delusion. So when we start looking at wise effort, this group is almost like cultivating the mind to still the mind to, uh, I mean, this this set of uh, wise effort, wise mindfulness, and wise concentration. So that they just... Feels like this, so that we see clearly what is in it, so we can start taking care of this dear mind of ours, and that is what wise effort is wise effort in the tradition is taker of our minds, the caretaker of our inner lives. And I love that. I love that because it reminds me that everything starts within this body, mind, heart. Everything, the world, as Tanya was beautifully guiding us, you know, come through our senses, through our perceptions. So how it is that we can care, take, take care of our inner lives. So with wise effort, we learn, we start learning to do that. And there are four type, four ways of engaging in wise effort, applying wise effort. And I'm going to talk about the first two. And Jane is going to talk about the other two. And so the first two are preventing. I'm going to give you the key words for first. Preventing and abandoning. Preventing and abandoning. Preventing what and abandoning what? So preventing unwholesome states of arising, preventing unwholesome states of arising. And abandoning refers to abandoning unwholesome states in the mind that have not arisen yet. I'm I'm sorry. Back up, back up, back up, back up. So preventing, um, preventing unwholesome states from arisen that has not arisen yet and abandoning unwholesome states that are already here, that we didn't even notice that they were here or that we did notice that we're here. But wise effort offers us that choice that option of considering how it is that we can abandon wise effort and incline, um, how can I abandon unwholesome states and incline the mind into wholesome states through wise effort? <clears throat> so I just want to clarify first, that these, you know, when we're talking about preventing and abandoning and unwholesome states, you know, there may be other words in English that may come to mind, you know, like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to abandon something that is negative, something that is wrong. And, and I will keep the good stuff, but maybe it's not as easy as that because sometimes, sometimes some things looks pretty good. But then when we see the consequences of holding those states or engaging in those actions, there may be some things that are causing harm. So what was the deal here? So the tradition explains it as being wise effort as an effort that brings some skillfulness, on wholesomeness. Kusula, kusula, k-u-s-u-l-a is a word in Pali. So cultivating skillful or wholesome states of mind. States that incline the mind towards non-harming, toward brain ease, toward bring, um non-harming. And so, of course, then that brings the other side of the word, unskillfulness or unwholesomeness, then will be those states of mind that lead us into causing harm to ourselves and to others and to everyone. So this theme of creating or not, harm, you know, avoiding harm and creating safety is all through the eightfold path. But now we can integrate it very clearly. We can see it with wise effort. So we start learning in cultivating this factor. We start learning the discernment, how it is that we can distinguish between these unwholesome states and unwholesome states. That's mainly why what you know wise effort in a nutshell is. And it it gives us, you know, once we know how how it is, how oh this is skillful. This brings goodness, this increases qualities of the heart. There are some teachings of the Buddha that says If what you say, what you speak, what you act on brings, increases, wholesome states of mind, then continue doing so. Or decreases, unwholesome states of mind, continue doing so. But if what you're engaging in increases unwholesome, unskillful states of mind, stop. So in preventing, in preventing, uh, the unwholesome, we can start, you know, in our daily life, we can start noticing what it is that brings stress and suffering. You know, an example could be, could be in preventing, could be, you know, we have an appointment at three o'clock and, you know, it may take time to get wherever we go, but then Um, we live early. We live early. We set the conditions. We set the conditions to prevent unskillful states of mind. Oh my gosh, here I am again. I'm going to be late. (laughs) The self-criticism or or, you know, other getting annoyed at ourselves or so on. So we set conditions. Okay, I have this appointment. What can I get? What can I do to Okay, I leave early. It helps us recognize also things that bring us ease. You know, our limits. What what it is that brings us stress? How much we can stretch, How much we cannot stress? Uh, stretch. So preventing. Involves the. The. Um, the restraining and the avoiding. Restraining or avoiding of, you know, if we see a hole on the walk the sidewalk, sometimes we see that. Um, We just walk around that hole. If we can, if we don't see it, we cannot do that. So we can avoid getting into the hole. (laughs) Sometimes we can, not we're very distracted and here we go. (sighs) And so that is preventing, restraining. We've been practicing with restraining um, through what we have learned with wise action and the precepts. That is a way of restraining, choosing to restrain, to go more, not restraining, to bring us stress, but to bring us more freedom of not having to figure out other things, how I'm going to solve other problems that bring maybe actions that may bring consequences that um then we have to to be with them and see how it is that we can then continue relating or live our lives. And so there is the abandoning, the abandoning, the wise effort, effort of abandoning unwhole sub states that have already ar- arisen. Maybe the wise effort that you engage in, this is a, this, this is the one that I get support from my sangha, I get support from friends. I just feel like where is my courage? I ground in the practice. Maybe something that is really hard to stop or to avoid doing and it's here already. So I give you. You know, well, you know, one example is um, with any kind of addiction, you know, I, I will say that maybe if I don't restrain myself, I will have an addiction to black raspberry chocolate chip ice cream from Graders in Cincinnati, Ohio. And so abandoning would be if I have already bought the ice cream Knowing that I already have my portions. To give it to my neighbor. To give it to a friend. Take it. I love it. And I had enough. Take it. Take it out of my sight. I cannot continue eating it. Or just going to the supermarket. Hungry. And then, you know, going to get dab ice cream the first thing because it's one of my favorite things. That could be, that could be, the abandoning would be to go to another aisle. (laughs) Don't go there. No. The most challenging effort would be, or you know, the action of compassion will be stop it. Don't go there. It's almost like you say with love and compassion to a child, don't go there don't go there. And then you see the child like, don't go there. <laughs> it's okay. So abandoning, abandoning. And so, you know, there may be some compassion that we need to access because there are sometimes that we cannot abandon some of these states, well, we are already caught. We are already clinging to it. And so we just go back to our practice of mindfulness. We just practice with it. We practice investigation, what is here? And through mindfulness, we learn it, we study it, and we see how it is that how we can get caught and how we can get uncaught. And so in that way, we can know our limitations and say, okay, this is how far I'm going to go. This is how respectfully and with kindness and compassion. So in summarizing these two first wise efforts, preventing, which includes avoiding and restraining, Preventing unwholesome states from arising. And then abandoning, abandoning unwholesome states that have arisen here, that have arisen here already. Through your practice, through compassion, through support, through your honesty and sincerity, I want wellness, well-being, And so this is how I can practice abandoning why abandoning of this unwholesome, unskillful state. And if you feel in your body after practicing with these wise efforts why some relaxation, then that may be a sign. That may be a sign that you are engaging in this effort. And if it is lasting. If there is some clinging, maybe there's more space for more practice of mindfulness and maybe checking on the other factors and see if there are any other of the other factors that can support you in also finding clarity and practicing wise effort and seeing things as, as they are. So thank you very much. And so now we are going to uh, do the community practice. I just love this because we learn so much. It's when we learn that we're not alone, that we are all sharing like all of these different things. And we have the same aspirations and intentions of practicing wise effort. so I encourage you to participate, even if it is only listening to to participate. There's so much that we can get from just being in Sangha. And if you are not going to participate, that's okay. We will be um, we will do the breakout groups. Um, for 18 minutes, 18, 20 minutes. And so still, you can take the questions with you if you're not going to participate, but everyone can uh, see the questions now. I'm going to give them to you, and they're also um, in the chat. And so... These are the questions that we are going to reflect upon, and this is to do an exploration of your history and relationship with with um, with effort. It's, it's more to explore, to get to know. Um, so the first one is: What associations, experiences do you have with effort? that are not helpful in dharma practice? That's the question number one. What associations, experiences, do you have with effort that are not helpful in dharma practice? And number two, the question number two is, what kinds of effort are most helpful for you in dharma practice? What kind of efforts are most helpful for you in Dharma practice. So it will give you an opportunity to explore full view, a kind of a general overview of what what is your relationship to effort as you embark into wise effort. I mean, it will prepare you to receive the uh, talk from Yin too. So.
0: Rooney, I have a quick question. Um, Yes. Do you want want me to shorten the breakout groups a little bit so that there's a um we're 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 all running a little bit late. So do you want them a little shorter so there's time afterwards, or do you want to leave them at 18 minutes?
7: I would leave them. You know, can we have um? How many people are are we having in the groups? Are we still going to have four or five? Yes. Oh so we can we can uh yeah we can short it let's let's say two minutes, something okay. like that. Okay. Thank you, Tanya, and sorry about that.
0: No, it's no problem at all.
7: Okay, so then you know the way in exploring this as you come into your small group is taking turns and listening. You know, practice with wise mindfulness, listening, receiving, bearing witness, what is being shared. One person goes first, then the next person, then the next person, and then you can go around and then you can explore the second question. And then we can come back and then be in the big group for um, sharings and see harvesting, doing the harvesting. So, so let's see. Maybe now that um, everyone is back, maybe we can do some harvesting and just to see how was sharing in your groups and what did you discover, learn, where in all anything that you would like to share. And this is, you know, it's almost like an act of generosity, the sharing, because it's like sharing it with the entire Sangha for the benefit of all. And so if you, you can raise your blue hand, I can see you in the participant list. Yes, Loretta. I I
4: I was sharing with my group and and one of the things that I heard that really gave me some hope was someone was sharing that um they felt a lot of freedom in following the path and that they know there is freedom there and I kind of needed to hear that I think that was really helpful for me to hear and then we were just kind of starting to talk about the importance of Sangha. And I think that it's been a real struggle for me since I've really only come to insight since the pandemic has started and we're pretty well shut down here in California. So I really don't have much Sangha. Mm. Um, I have a little bit of which I'm very grateful for, but yeah, it's. I'm really struggling with
7: that. Mm. Mm. It's just wonderful that um, we can be nourished here. Uh, here, yes. there's sangha. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Loretta. Uh, Francis, how are you? Good. How are you?
2: Fine, thank you. We were sharing in the group that we restrain from social media and also from coffee because those things uh, get your mind agitated and it's difficult to meditate and be calm when you've been seeing Facebook and Pinterest and drinking coffee all day. Mm. The other thing we noticed, or we mentioned more more than one. Is that we tend to be angry with ourselves because oh I said I was going to do this every day morning and afternoon and I'm not doing it so I'm doing it wrong I can't and and that hate also uh, diminishes our capacity to to concentrate and and become um, and peaceful mm-hmm. so that was a, a shared uh, thing that that we mentioned mm-hmm. in the group mm-hmm. so thank you
7: thank you thank you uh robin
1: let's
0: see where is robin you? robin you're not you're you're muted dear
1: there we go and Thanks. can I
0: just, can I just say real quick? So we're a little bit past our normal break time. And so if you need to take a break, go ahead and step out. And if you want to stick around for a little more sharing, please do.
1: Okay. Hi. I'll try to keep this short, but basically we had a good laugh about the ways that we check out and go unconscious watching various shows and, um, that we noticed that a lot of right effort uh also dovetails with right intention and that it would be a right effort to continually review our intentions on a daily basis um, and that uh, having a lot of compassion for ourselves as human beings and we've done a lot of, uh, Practicing, one person said, most of our lives for being unmindful. So working at being mindful is uh, something that even though we've been practicing, most of us for a long time in my group, we all realize this takes a long time. Mm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah. So I think we were also, as the person before me said, we were also, uh, letting go of some of the, um, outer stimulation that's not necessarily supportive of our practice.
7: Thank you, Dolby. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to your group.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
7: And Jade. Hi, good afternoon. Someone in our group mentioned um, a,
5: and an a query about how to discern wholesomeness, mm-hmm. um,
8: and how we would be able to practice that kind of forethought and reflection to our speech and our actions and our. Our choices and livelihood and effort. Um, do you have any
7: suggestions? Yes, and the suggestion would be to listen to see what Jean has to say, and then because um, she's going to be talking about some wholesome states and other things, and then I think that that may address your question, Jade. And then uh, if there's anything else, we can we can connect back to the question.
9: Wonderful, thank you.
7: Yes. Okay, anyone else? Okay, well, maybe this... Maybe enough for now, just to sit with it and just to recognize. Yes, this is how I relate to effort, and and so we can take a break now. And um, when we come back, Jane will be talking more about wise effort. Okay, so we'll
0: officially start at two thirty, but maybe there'll be a, a minute or so. Gap to give people enough time to get a drink and take care of yourself. All right. Okay. See you soon. See you in a few minutes.
8: everybody uh can you all hear me okay my sound uh, volume is okay all right i see some nods good all right so we'll continue the exploration of a wise effort as i love this um, ball that um uh, bruni used as an analogy um to uh show that um when there's a lot of stuff in, in our mind, preoccupations in our mind, our uh, occupations in our mind, um, it can be difficult to, to really discern uh, what's wholesome and what's unwholesome. And so, uh, Bruni mentioned, uh, this, uh, uh, two aspects of the wise effort, um Preventing unwholesome from uh, coming about, or abandoning um, the unwholesome uh, forces, and that's uh, present uh, in us. It's kind of like you know, that's taking stuff out of the bowl, and abandoning the unwholesome that is uh, taking a lot of our, our precious life away, and. Now, uh, when this bowl becomes more and more empty, it doesn't mean that it's only empty. So it becomes available for us and that and there are other qualities that becomes accessible. So for example, in this bowl, now as, um, Bruni and Tanya also hit the ball, the sound would come about before we can't even hear any sound. And the sound is crisp and clear. And as we empty out um, the unwholesome forces and states um, in our being, um, there's a lot of space for beautiful qualities that to flow out from this space. Right? Beautiful qualities of Love, compassion, and all the eightfold path, um, uh, noble eightfold path factors, are beautiful states of qualities that we're cultivating. So these are on the ho- on, uh these are on the wholesome side of cultivation. So um, Bruni mentioned that there are four ways of cultivating wise effort. She spoke about uh, the two. Uh, in terms of abandoning, preventing on the unwholesome side. And then there are two keywords, um, and that's associated on the, uh, the wholesome side, wholesome forces, wholesome qualities. And that is to cultivate and those wholesome qualities, uh, if they have not uh, been cultivated before, yeah, maybe they're not in us just yet. And sometimes maybe compassion is not so easy for us, and that's to be cultivated. And if um, there are wholesome qualities that are now present in us, uh, whether it's in the big ways or small ways, then we keep them going. We maintain it and grow them. And so the so the second uh, key word could be. Uh, to mature them, to grow them, to maintain them. Uh, You know, there are just ranges of words that you can use. So to cultivate and then to grow and mature them. Now, there are a wide range of wholesome qualities uh, to speak about. I think in this uh, particular course, you've heard quite a lot that's related to cultivating wisdom and through right view, right intention, and cultivating sila through uh wise speech, right uh wise action and wise livelihood and then uh, to cultivate um, clarity of our, our mind and maybe through meditative practices uh, such as mindfulness and concentration. And there you know, those are just a small a set of uh, wholesome qualities that uh, we're naming here right now. And there are more on um, the Brahma Viharas uh, in terms of ki- kindness, loving kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity. Um, so um, uh, in the uh, teachings of a wise effort, and, there, and those are all the qualities that to be cultivated and uh, to be um, to mature them as we began to um, see the uh, see them becoming available in us as a certain forces in us. Um, and today, obviously, you know, it's going to be difficult to kind of just start talking about all those different qualities. What I thought of uh, maybe speaking about is to uh, bring this next three path factors together. As uh, Bruni was also saying, sometimes these path factors are uh, lumped together being spoken about. In particular, wise effort, uh, wise Uh, mindfulness and concentration are often together spoken about, not only because they influence each other, but also um, these three factors are um, directly mapping to uh, the meditative meditative practice that's critical uh, in cultivating our path. So what I thought of uh, sharing today is to say a few words in terms of how we cultivate um, wise effort in support of this kind of a meditative practice and uh, supporting of cultivation of uh, mindfulness and concentration. I think um, Bruni also mentioned that uh, it's not that any of the factors are separate from uh, the other path factors that we've been talking about, but they're really influencing each other. In order to cultivate a, a wise effort, um, it requires mindfulness, careful attention, and it requires wisdom to be able to discern what is wholesome or what is not wholesome. And to also all of this are not black and white as we begin to practice. It's not like there is, a, um, you know, something that is just so black and white called wholesome um, is something it's totally uh, black and white, unwholesome. And these are some things that we, as we begin to work with them, we begin to discern the nuances uh, of this, how we engage with them, and is um, and it takes mindfulness and concentration to really see. So, how we make effort um, is uh, is kind of like an art. Um, when we learned about um, cultivating wholesome qualities and versus abandoning and preventing un- unwholesome qualities and sometimes it, uh, we may kind of um, have certain intellectual understanding but how we engage in cultivating and the wholesome quality and abandoning unwholesome takes some skillfulness and it takes some um, careful attention and the Buddha uh, uh, Buddha uh, in the Pali Canon uh, teachings often speak about making efforts. And so and today I want to share a little bit about how we make efforts uh, in our discernment in the cultivation. So at the beginning of our journey, uh, Dharma journey, uh, when we hear on the Dharma and have some intellectual understanding what to cultivate, Uh, we may need to put uh, some uh, strong effort, strong determination and commitment in cultivating uh, wholesome and abandoning unwholesome. And this is uh, because I think some of you mentioned uh, in the earlier question, Mm -hmm. and that, um, for example, our uh, mindfulness and concentration may not be rooted in us, and they're not quite strong. And um, they can be flickering in and out of us. And oftentimes, our habitual way may be um, to lean um, heavily towards on the side of uh, our previous habits that we accumulate, you know, wanting something, not wanting something, pushing away something or pulling something forward. And so there can be a lot of those forces operating in order for us to begin to find uh, some form of a balance, maybe at the beginning, there is a need to put uh, in some strong, uh, strong determination, uh, strong
7: effort for
8: us to cultivate mindfulness and concentration. Um, but how do we make effort? And we also hear uh, from the teachers, and even today, we've heard teachers sharing about some ease and relaxation in making effort. Because if we just kind of somehow um, bend our head against this and brute forcely trying to make effort, it doesn't really work. And so, um, and so, how do we master this form of art? Um, I thought maybe sharing a story and that's in the uh, Pali Canon Suttas uh, speaking about um, how we make effort. And so this is a story about a Venerable uh, Sona, one of the Buddhist disciples um, When Venerable Sona um, went forth to become monastic, uh, before he became monastic, Mm. he was living in a very wealthy um, household life and he was very comfortable. Um, And yet he has a particular kind of a mentality maybe some of you uh, would uh, associate with. He was a striver. He was able to make a lot of effort uh, in his practice. In fact, he was said to be one of the foremost in the Buddhist disciples in putting forth effort. And so in Anguttara Nikaya, and there was um, a sutta speaking about a Venerable Sona was meditating in seclusion and he did so much walking meditation back and forth, back and forth that um, his soles of the feet were splitting and bleeding. And so his walking path will have a blood (laughs) um, you can see. And so in one of those walking meditation uh, session, he really got discouraged. And he thought, gee, you know, I I was one one of the foremost in putting efforts in making effort, Um, but my mind was not free. It's not released from cleaning. And so maybe I should go back to my comfortable household life and just make some merits and be done with that. <laughs> so I could relate to this because I had some tendency like that as well and just kind of striving and power it through. Uh, but it wasn't working. And so the Buddha knew what he was thinking about so the Buddha came to see him. And in the um in the household life, um Vernar uh, was a very skilled uh vena player. Uh, he played a string instrument and was very good at it. And so the Buddha um, taught him uh based on analogy of how to tune um, vena, Vina, the string instrument. So he asked the v- uh, venerable Sona, uh, "When the string of your vina were too tight, was your vina in tune and playable? No, sir. When the string of your vina were too loose, was your vina in tune and playable? No, sir. How about when the strings are neither too tight nor too loose, um, but tuned to be right on pitch?" Was your vina in tune and playable? Yes, sir. And so with that analogy, and the Buddha went on to give Venerable Sona the following instruction. And so he said, When energy is too forceful, it leads to restlessness. When energy is too slack, it leads to laziness. So, Sona, you should apply yourself to energy and to serenity. Find a balance of the faculties and learn the pattern of that situation. So with that instruction, and Vener Sona began to work with how to apply his effort like uh, playing this vena instrument fine-tuning it, finding balance in efforting and relaxation and ease. And eventually he became a fully awakened Arahant. And so let's unpack this analogy a little bit, because um, I think some of you probably would relate to this. I certainly relate to this, that when I first uh, started uh, my Dharma practice engagement um, Oftentimes, I find myself really tight and rigid. Lots of striving, and you know, I have lots of a strong will. Um, but uh, um, but this wasn't working, and I would find myself, you know, my knee hurts, and my back hurts, and I would use power through it all. And then and then uh, others. And I've heard that the people, um, as soon as they sit on the meditation cushion, and they would fall asleep or they begin to take nap. And so this is this other end of the spectrum. And, and, and so we may be different uh, for a different temperament, a different uh, conditioning when they're coming into making efforts. Um, we may have a different uh, tendency. And so I know for me it was interesting that um, uh, for a while and um, I was always puzzled why people would complain that they would fall asleep when they when they meditate because it just never seemed to happen to me. <laughs> so the first time when I actually nodded off on the meditation cushion I celebrated and I thought, oh boy, <laughs> finally <laughs> kind of fun. Uh, Pendulum swing on the other side of it. So you, you may find yourself, you know, swinging between this, uh, making too much effort versus having too much of the ease and becoming dull or, or, um, energy begin to sink. So the instruction was very interesting. The first instruction that Buddha gave to uh, Venerable Sona was the first to recognize What is happening? What are some of the signs of making too much effort? So he pointed out that when energy is too forceful, it leads to restlessness. And when energy is too slack, it leads to laziness. And so this is where mindfulness began to kick in. Can we observe? What is happening? What are the signs that points to that and there is a too much force going on. Maybe certain attitude that's being played here, or maybe there are particular uh, physical sensations that's uh, kind of expressing a, a sense of a force. For me, sometimes I would notice that my hands would, my fingers would squeeze tightly. Kind of like, oh, it's kind of really making some effort here. So by noticing just kind of certain pressure with my fingers, I can notice, oh, you know, there may be too much going on in terms of forcing it through. And then uh, what does it uh, seem like when you're not making a lot of effort? Can you notice a certain signs of not engaging? Sometimes it's just like everything looks kind of there, but not very clear. Um, you're not quite registering it. And then also noticing the sign of a balanced state of a being. So what does the balanced state of a being feel like? And so the uh, the Buddha inst- instructed for um, a Venerable Sona to learn that pattern, register that this is how it feels like to be balanced with effort and uh, energy and serenity. And when we remember this, this can become a reference point when we're off in making too much effort or too little. And we can remember, oh, um, this is kind of how it feels like to be balanced. And the other thing I would say um, is um, the balanced effort uh, when we tune it. um, It is kind of like a tuning the string instrument. And, and may, may be that different um, situations, the balancing point is different. So for example, if uh, you're seeing yourself uh, being caught up in some really strong, unwholesome forces, maybe the balancing point is to have some strong determination to stay connected with the body rather than getting pulled into um, kind of whirlpool of anger or frustration in other times maybe some relaxation and ease is needed so it's not totally black and white it requires for us to really kind of uh deeply listen to it so just like uh, uh tuning the instrument and you have to kind of listen to it uh really uh Uh, Know what the right pitch is uh, for this situation and then uh, begin to tune your, uh, tune your effort energy. And so learn this pattern and then uh, over time begin to work with it. Now the last word, a few words I will say is don't be shy with uh, being playful with this. So you can always try uh, to stay Um, more connected by making a little more effort to see if that's working or not. But as long as when we are playing with this dynamic with um, mindfulness, we begin to learn as we try, you know, try relaxing or try um, tuning up the energy a little more. And so it's not, uh, our practice is not so cut and dry. And, you know, allow yourself to play with um, this whole, uh, whole, uh, wise effort. Uh, it's a whole territory uh, for us to, to play in. And for us to find balance. And so however you're practicing, just keep learning from it, um, by observing the effects of making effort or relaxing, um, and whether it's a big effort, little effort, Subtle efforts or effortless. And the path includes all of this. Yeah. So I think now it's time uh, to get into small groups. Um, I think it's similar to what uh, Bruni had uh, suggested before. And I would say that make this um, a learning process uh, as you share. Uh, learn with each other and then I pick the questions specific with that in mind as well and so there's two questions that I'm going to post in the chat box
0: already there Ying
8: okay alright thank you Tanya Um, is uh, meant for us to kind of learn from each other Uh, one has to do with sharing about Uh, what you observed in terms of the signs of too much effort or too little effort or a balanced effort. And as you share this and listen uh, to others, maybe you'll see um, something, uh, discover something new. Um, And maybe you will be able to share something others do not know uh, or maybe understand and can can, um, uh, appreciate as well. And I would say maybe uh, as you get into groups, if um, uh, you need an icebreaker, I would use the, the maybe the birth month um, that starts the 1st January um, as the first one to begin. Uh, if you need one, but if you don't need one, uh, go ahead and just kind of do it one after another, taking turn. And speak one, uh, one uh, point at a time. And I think the second question um, is related to uh, sharing some examples. Of how you've been working with uh, finding ways to balance um, your effort uh, in your practice? And maybe share some examples. And those who um, do not feel like participating, um, uh, please, um, you can uh, drop out right now. And we'll do this for about 16 minutes again, maybe, Tanya. Is that okay? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll come back six after 16 minutes and you can feel free to join back to the big group.
0: You're there. Voila. Yeah, and voila, everybody is back. <laughs>
10: hmm.
8: Are we all back, uh, Tanya? It looks like it. Yeah, okay. Well, welcome back. I love um, Bruni's analogy of harvesting, harvesting time. (laughs) So, yeah, just open it up for any reflections and learnings and for the whole process, the medium or the content, how you feel about this. So yes, I see hands up already and and, then do feel free to use the raise hand,
5: um, function. Anne. Thank you. Hi everybody. Thanks for, um, thanks to the teachers and thanks to both
8: all, all the people in my two breakout groups, really great groups. And I just wanted to say I had a
5: realization in the second breakout group about effort that although I really, really, really appreciate being able to do digital classes and digital sits that
8: um, I've been making a little bit less of an effort in some of my, in my digital sits than I did when I went into sanghas in person. There was something about um, literally having to get dressed and get
5: to the sangha and sit with people that I think gave it a little more kind of gravitas and weight for me. And so... Um, one of my
8: challenges to myself is to find a way to do that in a in the digital realm. Oh, beautiful! Thank, Thank you for you. sharing that. Yeah, yeah. And it, I, I appreciate just the the mere fact of uh, noticing this is quite powerful, right? Because otherwise, we could be roaming around with the pajamas and and not even knowing that there may be something, some attitude in the mind that's operating very powerful yeah, and just just noticing that and um, maybe I'll just also say a few words sometimes and uh, this perking up a little bit of energy um, and just kind of making a little bit of intention and um, for me actually changing clothes <laughs> changing to a cloth that is not something that you're just going <laughs> to
7: go down like on the bed. and
8: It's something that you'll feel and give you a sense of refreshment. Um, and uh, um, the other thing I also do is uh, to incorporate a little bit of ritual. For example, uh, if I, before I sit, um, I do bows to a little statue. And so there's and just a little bit of intention can perk up a little bit of atmosphere around us or within us. Um, you may have your own routine uh, to do this, but finding ways to allow that to bubble up. So thank you. Thank you for uh, bringing that up. And then
10: I see uh, Susan. Um, I think, Uh, what came up for me during this, um, in both sessions was that there's almost two, there's almost the gross sort of effort, right? Which would be more like, I guess what Bruni was talking about in the ice cream. And I really, it's like, take the ice cream, you know, like, and then there's the subtler. And I realized for me in our second group listening to people and then I realized it has to do with my mood. And it's like, what's my mind mood? Because I can be super busy and think that I'm going to sit down and my effort's going to be scat, you know, I won't, but then it won't. It'll be really on key because there's some mood I'm holding that the effort flows with. But then other times I can be all ready for my, and I can sit down and there's zero effort, right? Or, or my efforts really, I'm holding on. So I, I just was tossing that out. I'm realizing. It's really in connection with where is my mind in this? Episode.
8: Beautiful. Uh, does any of my co-teachers like to respond or say a few words? Yeah, you pointed out beautifully, you know, kind of our attitude or our mood, um, can be lingering in the, in, in the backdrop. Uh, in us, and that affects
4: uh,
8: how we might be able to make effort or or not.
4: Yeah,
8: noticing that is um, very powerful. Yeah.
9: And um, uh, on Jana, hi, and thank you for the um, analogy of, of of an instrument. And I was kind of struck by that as I, as someone who plays string instruments, and that um, they're rarely into. They're not. There's always fine tuning that you can do. It's never tuned perfectly. And the other thing, um, until you you play with it a little bit, and it usually have to go up and then down and then wherever. And also, the longer it's not played, the more it's not practiced, the more out of tune it is. That's pretty typical. So I was thinking of of those things, is that it requires a lot more tuning if it hasn't been touched. Um, But I was also struck by how, for example, in meditation, when I first started, and sometimes anyway, um, it seemed like there was a lot of effort to stay, to just stay, And then at some point, it became that my body just didn't want to leave the house until I had sat. So it was a shift that was balanced, became balanced instead of just effort, you know, so I thought I'd share that. Thank you.
8: Yeah, I love that. This analogy is so rich, right? In tuning, it's not uh, so much that you just balance the knobs and somehow you dial it up and down, but it's um far more than that. Uh, in terms of you know how long you have not touched this, and uh, maybe even. No, in the heat, um, versus in a cold weather, it's different. And so you have to really listen and, um, and, uh, work with the conditions that are, that are there.
9: Well, also, you know, there's a tremendous effort in the beginning.
8: That's right.
9: And then it reaches a point where your fingers are doing it and you're not doing it anymore.
8: Yeah. yeah you know? That's right. That's right. And I remember um uh, one of the Ajahn Cha's um uh, lineage there is this um uh, uh teacher, uh, Lung Pao Anam, uh, when well, he gave a talk around right effort or wise effort, and he would say, you know, at, at the beginning of our practice journey, you really need to put in a lot of effort. You don't worry about it, just you need to strive, which is true because at the beginning, our other <laughs> habitual uh, patterns are so strong, You we're know, constantly thinking about this, thinking about that. So it does take a lot of effort to really stick with the breath, stick with the body, and over time, when we began to have um, some sense of rootness uh, in our mindfulness, there is ease that can come. And so, as you know, Jonah was mentioning. Yeah, thank you.
5: Laura. Thank you. I wanted to share this to just, just um, kind of hear what I had to say about it and hear maybe what you had to say about it. But I've noticed, I've been sitting with Gil at 7 a.m. for you, day after day for a very, very, you know, for most of COVID, I think. Um, but definitely every single day since maybe September. And I noticed that it's starting to feel I'm starting to feel contracted, like I um like I have to I can't sit by myself or like I I don't want to miss one of the teachings. I don't want to miss something. And I'm starting I'm having to face noticing that that's, I'm not in wise effort. I'm grasping at the, te- at the teachings and at the, you know, I don't want to miss something that might help me feel more at ease. And I'm getting tense about missing something that might help me feel more at ease. So I, um, I'm, I'm not sitting, I did sit with Gil today or yesterday um, and it feels like there's more ease, but there's also, there's like, uh, the, the abandonment and it's not of something that's unwholesome but it's the my attachment was becoming um, more unwholesome so um, yeah I was just noticing that and I think also having to admit it to myself because I'm still like but I'm going to mix something so I'm going back and forth a little.
8: Yeah thank you thank you for sharing that yeah Rooney and Tanya any of you like to respond?
7: there's so much wisdom within the sharing you know that um, is there's nothing else to be said that that exploration and acknowledgement is yeah. thank you jean
0: jean do you want to open it up to broader Questions and
8: comments? Yeah, I think that we can, at this point, we can open up, open it up for, uh, just broader reflections, um, uh, our course overall or any questions about this particular class, um, or other factors. Uh, I do see Gail still have a hands up. Uh, Gail, did you, I uh, wanted to say something? Uh, it's a little hard to hear
6: you, Gail. Does that work better?
8: Um, yeah. Go ahead.
6: I've been becoming aware during this whole session of how um, often it's a momentary kind of um, balancing act uh, that I experienced I can be aware of a feeling of discouragement, for example, while I'm sitting. And sometimes I'll take that as a sign of, oh, I'm just putting too much effort in it. But, but other times, um, you know, it becomes a, a real opportunity to um, just try diverting my mind back well, coming back to the breath and seeing that I can do that. Um so it's it's uh, it's not a a set rule or, or guideline that I can follow. It's a real moment to moment kind of um uh, decision and sometimes it has to do with my goal and I can become more aware of well what is it that am I striving for something and if so what what is it and I'll become aware oh well I want a calm mind preferably all the time um, and <laughs> that is uh, not as kind a goal as uh, say maybe patience in allowing. Uh, allowing with love and kindness, whatever comes up. Um, and that awareness really helps because then I can get more in touch with, well, yeah, that's what I really want, um, is that feeling of, of loving kindness, um, and compassion, uh, and... Um, and then in a moment I'll be I'll be more encouraged. So it's, yeah. it's a delicate ongoing process, and, and I'm I'm very uh, inspired about it all with with the health of your teachers. So thank you very much.
0: Yeah, thank you, Gail,
6: was- and my colleagues in in the groups too. Yeah.
8: Thank you. We're definitely learning from each other. Um, maybe we'll just take one more question and then a uh, close today. Sally.
3: Hi. Um, yeah, I've been getting so much out of this course. I appreciate um, all the work, the teachers, and then all of the um, wisdom that I'm getting from the folks in the group. My question was just, Ying, could you reiterate what the third and the fourth um factors of effort are, it's persevering.
10: Um,
8: oh yeah, so it's cultu- uh, the key words is cultivating and maintaining. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's cultivating, cultivating and maturing mm-hmm. and, and wholesome. And so this is on the wholesome quality side, yeah. Thank you.
6: Mm-hmm.
8: And
0: Carolina, I think you had your hand up earlier and you didn't get to ask a question, is that right?
6: No, I did it. It's a little question because um, I just want to know if there's any um, teaching in the Dharma to make a difference between the right effort and the right energy.
8: Yeah, it's great question. Yeah, so there are definitely differences. Um, so the words energy and efforts um, are often used and. Um, now, in the right, in the wise effort teaching, and specifically, it's referring to in the classic teaching, it's referring to there's four ways in terms of abandoning unwholesome, preventing unwholesome, cultivating uh, wholesome, and maintaining or growing and the wholesome. And then, in terms of energy, it has to do with how to go about this how do we do this and so both of those terms are uh, taught uh, in the uh, in the teachings but uh, maybe one way to kind of uh, understand it it is uh, in some ways it's about what are you cultivating and what are you abandoning uh, understanding discerning what and then the uh, uh, something about cultivating effort energy Uh, It has to do with how we do it, how we go about doing
9: it. Thank you. Thank
8: you. All right. So
0: let's wrap up. I just have one final question, if you'll be so kind. Are you feeling any more fond of this idea of right effort and, and focusing on effort? Anyone feeling a a little different in their energy? Oh, I see hands up and thumbs up. Oh, good. All right. Well, may this practice benefit all of you deeply, and each one you touch in turn, and so on and so forth, so that the whole world gets bathed in this idea of approaching things with wise effort. All right. Thank you. feel free to mute and say goodbye as you sign off thank you so much for your practice for your time. Thank, thank you, Julia.
9: you. Uh, thank you, you bye, Thanks, bye.